0: following is a presentation of tomorrow's world
1: many who read the bible are confused and bewildered by the strange symbols that it uses maybe you've even been a little uncertain yourself and so for this reason some people want to stay with the what you might call the safe areas of scripture such as the parables of jesus or maybe reading the book of psalms but the fact is you can understand the prophetic symbols of the Bible. We receive hundreds of messages from people who have read our free booklets or watched our videos thanking us for making clear the word of prophecy. Here is just one of those many letters and it comes from Georgetown, Guyana. The writer says, I really enjoy reading your booklets. They bring new revelations to me and eye-opening information about end-time prophecy. Is an understanding of end-time prophecy something that you have a good grasp of? Well, like this writer, you need to have eye-opening information given to you. You can know what the beasts of Revelation symbolize. You can know who the four horsemen of Revelation are or what the animals of the book of Daniel represent. But today we're dealing with another end-time person. He's called the Antichrist. We're going to reveal to you just who this dark figure is. To help you in your studies, request your free copy of Who or What is the Antichrist? Be sure to write down the phone number that we're going to give you, or you can request your copy online at tomorrowsworld.org. Be ready to learn how you will be able to recognize the Antichrist when he appears on the world stage very soon. Stay tuned. A warm greetings to our tomorrow's world viewers and especially if you are joining us for the first time. For centuries artists have tried to imagine what the Antichrist might look like. People imagine him to be a fork tailed dragon, or they've believed that certain popes have been this person. Whatever the ideas are, it's clear that people are confused about this shadowy figure from the Book of Revelation. The Bible refers to the Antichrist on four occasions. The one who will become the Antichrist, however, is mentioned on other occasions. In one place, he is called the man of sin, because that's exactly what he is. The total and complete opposite of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Anti means opposite or against. And this person who will be the most evil person who has ever lived, is most probably alive today, waiting in the background for his moment of power on the earth. Maybe right now, he doesn't even know that he will become that person. But God has a plan for him to be preeminent right at the end of this age and work in cooperation with Satan the devil in a desperate effort to destroy this world. But he won't succeed because Jesus Christ will return to the earth to restore God's wonderful government. People these days virtually never give a thought to the fact that there is a real devil who is Satan, the enemy of God. He has cleverly duped people into believing that he does not exist. But, my friends, he does exist. And only God's true servants know of and have experienced the evil workings of this wicked being. Let's notice First John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Did you know that Satan the devil is the god of this world? He's the wicked one who has spread religious confusion and lies throughout the world. He's capable of strongly influencing people's minds with all evil, but he can make it look like It's all goodness and light. Actually, I've had personal experiences with this evil being and his demons. And let me tell you, he is real. In Matthew 8, we're given the amazing account of Jesus confronting two demon-possessed men. Let's notice in verse 29 where it says, And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? These twisted beings are incapable of repentance, but instead they pursue a futile existence of hatred, anger, and spiteful disobedience. Their leader is the fallen archangel whose name is Lucifer, and it means lightbringer, but now God calls him Satan or adversary, He's fast approaching a critical time which we read about in Revelation chapter 12 and verses 7 to 9. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 12 confirms his cruel fate. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now we have set the stage for what is coming. So let's get down to the facts of how they will unfold over the next few years antichrist will be a product of his age in a world of secularism religion has become redundant evolution has replaced the need for men to believe in a creator who reveals to us how to live our life suddenly economic collapse will lead people to a time far worse than the great depression without heating families will be left freezing in bitter winter temperatures Food cupboards will be left bare and soon there will be widespread disease and famine. And into this world, the Antichrist will come. And we meet him in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let's read that. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away or rebellion comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. What does perdition mean? Well, according to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, Volume 4, it denotes the final state of ruin and punishment, which forms the opposite to salvation. This man's fate is predetermined. It ends in disaster. But before this ignominious end, he does achieve incredible notoriety. Verse 4 tells us, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And a hallmark of this person will be his theology. He preaches lawlessness. Verses 9 and 10 read the following. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception. Jesus Christ warns us of this time in Matthew chapter 24, verses 11 to 13. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. People will reject the knowledge of the true God and his righteous and holy way of life outlined by the 10 commandments this charlatan known as antichrist will carry people away into abject wickedness in second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 it concludes with and for this reason god will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who do not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness at that time any pretense of appearing to be religiously good will be abandoned this person will expose the hypocrisy of the false church for what it is request your free copy of who or what is the antichrist this booklet will provide vital information on who this influential person is and how he will deceive the world with his mystical religious signs Here's the information you need to request.
0: To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org.
1: Welcome back to the program. Today we're discovering who is the Antichrist spoken of in the Bible. We've learned that this coming wicked person will profess a doctrine of lawlessness and proclaim that he is actually God. Such a thing sounds unbelievable but when people have no religion or belief in God they'll be open to any foolish idea have you been taught by your pastor that the law is done away and has been nailed to the cross if you have been taught this you need to know where this idea originated in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7 Paul addresses the subject he says for the mystery of lawlessness is is already at work. The Apostle Paul had to deal with two opposites in his preaching. One was a doctrine taught by those called Judaizers, imposing strict Jewish rules upon the disciples. Just as Jesus had to contend with the same pharisaical do's and don'ts of these religious extremists, Paul encountered them in his ministry. But on the other hand, there was a group of libertines who had no regard for God's holy law. They taught that the law was no longer binding. And so Paul counted this heresy in his letter to the Romans. In chapter 7 and in verse 7, he asked a question. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. And then in verses 11 and 12, we read, for sin taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore, listen to this, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Rather than being done away, God's law, that is his 10 commandments, have been given greater status and prominence. God tells us that, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. So don't let someone tell you the Ten Commandments have been destroyed. Notice what God says about such people in Matthew 5 and in verse 19. It says, Whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was adamant that the Ten Commandments were not to be removed from a Christian's life. And yet these wicked men crept into the church to teach otherwise. Sixty years after Jesus Christ died, in the last years of John's life, he wrote this. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming... Even now, many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. Would you agree that we are living in a lawless age where people despise good and love evil? Our entertainment is filled with murder, hate, adultery, and every vile and nasty theme. Are you learning more and more from tomorrow's world about how to worship God in spirit and in truth? Well, if you are, you'll want to know more about this person known as the Antichrist so you can be ready for his lying wonders. The Apostle John gives us a good insight into the spirit of Antichrist. Listen to this. In 1 John chapter 4, and verse 3, we read, Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh Is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Well, let me quote to you from the booklet that we are offering you today, free of charge. On page twenty seven, Dr. Meredith says this The clearest passage of all explaining Antichrist is found in Second John verses six and seven. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. The significance of Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh is that, as in the original Greek, the present continuance tense is being used denoting something that is now happening. Most theologians make the same mistake and what's that? That Jesus Christ when he was on earth had two natures. One they say was the nature of man given to him through his mother, Mary the other was the nature of God but is that what the Bible reveals? My friends the free booklet we are offering today who or what is the Antichrist is essential for you if you don't want to be deceived you need to know how to be ready when this dynamic personality comes on the world scene so you are able to have the wisdom to avoid this religious deception
0: to request today's free informative offer visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org go to tomorrowsworld.org welcome
1: back early in the history of the roman church Soon after it was constructed by Constantine from biblical elements mixed with old pagan practices, there were several councils in which key doctrines were established. The first and most important was the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. The purpose of this council was to establish Sunday as the universal day of worship. They declared that any person claiming to be a Christian who kept the seventh-day Saturday Sabbath, was to be cut off from all contact with those who were the new Roman Christians. So what it had been the accepted day of worship, that is Saturday, was now thrown out as Jewish. But it wasn't Jewish. It was God's Sabbath. And in its place, the old Roman Sunday was adopted. Then followed the Council of Chalcedon, where a definition for the nature of Christ was to be established. The Roman church opted for the idea that Jesus had two natures, which meant that it was impossible for him to sin. Because God cannot sin, it was impossible for Jesus to sin. But the Bible tells us the following. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted even as we are, yet without sin. That's in Hebrews chapter 4 and in verse 15. If Jesus could not sin, how could he be tempted? The logic simply doesn't follow. It's another case of theologians coming up with their own ideas, even if the Bible states otherwise. And so this dual nature of Christ is simply not in accordance with the Bible. This doctrine has led to a minimizing of sin and its consequences and is the basis for the antichrist when christ was on earth he promised his disciples that he would go to his father in heaven so that he could then come and live his life in them through the holy spirit jesus christ living his life in us is our only real hope for eternal life is it time for you to be ready for the antichrist Well, the answer is a definitive yes. Don't be caught out like the rest of the world who'll be deceived by this clever and deceptive person. Of course, it won't be him who is clever, but the master of all deception, Satan, the devil. In the last part of the program, I'll reveal to you how powerful the Antichrist will be. For more than three years, this Satan-possessed man will bring havoc to God's true church. True Christians will be martyred and lay down their lives for God. Just as in the Middle Ages, when the Inquisition hunted and killed thousands of Christians, the same will happen again. So request your copy of Who or What is the Antichrist? We'll give you the information you need, or you can go online to order your copy at tomorrowsworld.org.
0: To request today's free informative offer, visit us on the internet at tomorrowsworld.org. Go to tomorrowsworld.org.
1: We need to realize that we can be deceived. But by asking God in heartfelt prayer to lead you into His truth, He will answer you. The person known as the Antichrist will be working in parallel with a great military leader. The book of Revelation identifies this man as the beast. The man of sin or the Antichrist is also known as the false prophet. In Revelation 17 verse 8 we read, The beast that you saw will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. This beast will receive power and authority from ten kings and these kings will be ten political leaders in Europe who will allow this beast to rise up. The whole world will sign up to an economic system that will ensure for a short time fabulous wealth will be throughout the earth. Now when this system collapses, these nations will cry out and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and, listen to this, bodies and souls of men. That's right. A thriving slave trade will be a hallmark of this coming beast power in Europe. The man of sin, the false prophet, who is also Antichrist, will provide religious support for the military beast, just as the Pontifex Maximus gave to the Roman generals and emperors in ancient Rome. These two leaders will stand in defiance against the returning Jesus Christ. Christ is victorious over them, and finally, as we read in Revelation 19.20, then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image these two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone the end for the antichrist will be indeed most horrific in fact we read earlier in second Thessalonians chapter 2 that he is called the man of sin we learn here about his fate let's notice verse 8 and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of His coming. He will leave in His place the shattered lives of people who will have been a part of His perverse and wicked way. Jesus Christ will have a task ahead of Him to settle and calm these terrorized people. God wants us to be convinced that His law is perfect and pure and the basis for the new society of honesty and truth. It will be the foundation for the true worship of God. I am the Lord your God. You will have no other gods before me is the first of these great commandments. The one who proclaimed himself to be God will become a burned up piece of charcoal. Then will follow the ultimate end for the antagonist and evil ruler of this world. In chapter 20 of Revelation verses 1 and 2 we are told this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid a hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Are you ready for this time when God will personally mold you in his image? He's looking for willing subjects, those who can discern between good and evil and choose the good. Here at Tomorrow's World, we have committed ourselves to preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, gospel means good news, but today we hear nothing but bad news. Can you imagine a news bulletin with reports about new irrigation projects, uh, super highways and housing projects? All of that is in the future. We call it Tomorrow's World because it will contrast so much with this present world listen to this it's a prophecy about the deserts of today in the future isaiah chapter 35 verses 1 to 2 states the following the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice will children be safe in the kingdom of god listen The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the winged child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Is this the world that you want your children and grandchildren to grow up in? Of course it is. God's going to change the nature of wild animals so that they're tame and harmless. And you can be a part of this world, but it's going to require change in your way of thinking where you have been happy to let the world just roll on by, God wants you to change and accept a new way of life. The Antichrist will come and go, but God's people will live for eternity. Are you ready to be there with them? Be sure to watch again next week when Roderick Meredith and Richard Ames reveal the good news of the kingdom of God. That's tomorrow's world. Wallace Smith and I will also bring you the good news of the kingdom of God. And so, until that time, goodbye, friends.
0: To view the Tomorrow's World telecast or request today's free offer, visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. And remember to find us on Facebook and be sure to follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by The Living Church of God.